How do you derive to what what it is that you believe in and what you stand for politically? Okay. Um, so this is in relation to like polarization, us versus them, the Oriental other, like identity and so, so to be honest with you, I, I think that the a fundamental I th- I can't remember if it was Jordan Peterson, mm. who I don't want to quote. <laughs> He's not your best mate, is he? He's not my best. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. he did say something interesting. And he was talking about, so the, I guess the, the biggest kind of fundamental split we're looking at is left and right wing. Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, there's a huge gradient mm-hmm. uh, linking one to the, to the other. Mm. And I, well, I, I don't think it's my, 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 way of viewing it is people look at it as kind of like a line, right? We've got the left over here and the right over here, but really it should be a circle because, you know, if you start right wing at the top of the circle and you move clockwise, Mm. um, if you keep going further away from the right and you say you go all the way to the extreme left, Mm. essentially you're, you're right wing again. You're right wing again. I mean, that's the same you saw in, in say, uh, communist uh, Mm. China. You say, oh well, look, look, look what the far left did. They were, mm. they were insane. It's like, well, they weren't. They were fascists. You mm. know, they were like, they just instead of Jews, they were uh, rightists, capitalists. Yeah. They just yeah. picked a different group. Um, so the the further around you go, you just come back to the same point, right? Mm. So they're they're kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I I, I think. And, but Jerome Peterson said something interesting and he, mm. he said, uh, I, th- I think it was him, and he, and he said uh, they were looking at kind of it was something to do with attitudes of conservative right-wing people in terms of their perspective on like disease, oh. right? And about how they had they had a real revulsion. Mm. The pe- people... Uh, right-wing people generally like to have closed borders, Mm. right? And it was also, there was something to do with that and looking at um, statistics of political views for people who are like uh, germaphobes (laughs) and stuff like that, right? (laughs) And it was something to do with people who generally don't like the the other. They want to keep other people out Mm. of their borders. So so OCD people. Yeah, Yeah. there's some kind of relationship between that and, and, and... and the, uh, feelings of disgust and mm. revulsion, and mm. uh, you know, I, to what extent that's true, I don't know. But I, mm. I find it quite interesting if you think about the metaphor of political versus physical borders. About yeah. me wanting to stay away from you because I don't like the fact that you're an immigrant, that you're mm. dirty, that you're uneducated, that you're whatever, and I don't want so and. Uh, and I want to keep this border of mine yeah. separate from you. And obviously we're an island, right? Mm. So we, we do have that island mentality yeah. in this country. Um, and, but, but, and the generally kind of conservatives, um, I can generalize, why not? Uh, conservatives generally tend to be um, kind of 
make more money. Mm. Um, kind of, you know, wealthier middle class, upper middle class. Yeah. People tend to vote Tory. Is that is that to protect their own self interest? I think. I, yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's certainly there's certainly much more classist, I mm. would say, uh, than Labour mm. um, voters who I think tend to be more. The kind of the left wing, you know, if you want to talk about kind of our relationship with, say, socialism. Yeah. Uh, socialism is about equality and general acceptance and trying to have safety nets for people to, you know. Yeah. Is in providing like free healthcare, free healthcare, free education. Yeah. You know, yeah. so generally we care about maintaining uh, an equal standing for everybody to the best mm. of our ability, mm. whereas Tories tend to. Uh, think that you should earn it through mm. hard work and stuff. But obviously the game is rigged. We all know this, mm. that you can't just, a handful of people can work their way to the top. Yeah. But how many of them, like from nothing, yeah. but, but are they representational of the reality of the world out there? No. Mm. Most people in positions of power got there because they had a leg up, mm. because they came from wealthy backgrounds, they went to a good school. Yeah. They knew someone who knew someone who gave them a job. Yeah. The network this, this, was set up for just them. The way, yeah. I mean, just, just the statistics of people in power, how many of them went to Eton, Oxford, mm. Cambridge, you know, it, it's not represent. You can't say that like we worked hard and, and therefore all our success is about mm. uh, how hard we worked when statistically how many people go to Eton yeah. in, in the UK and how many of them are in politics. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. not, yeah. it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, my, so I think the kind of the, the, my general, general, uh, idea of polarization is, of, I think that the, the, the right wing generally are more polarized in the kind of the us versus them mentality and mm -hmm. that they want to protect their own interests against who they view as the others. The yeah. But then again, of course, then you have on the other extreme, you have the left wing, who are polarized against the right, the right because yeah. they want to be inclusive yeah. except against, except for right wingers mm. who they view as being the other. So they have the same problem, just mm. maybe with a smaller group, but even in the UK now it's looking at like 50, 50. So it's not even a smaller group. Yeah. It's fairly liberal as compared to what, what is it in the States? Well, it's around 50, 50 as well. So I mean, I mean, you know, that's right. why you've got the swing States where mm. kind of you, people, States rarely shift. Mm. There, there. I mean, there, there are there are states that are hard Republican and states that are hard Democrats, and yeah. then you've got a, a few in the middle that swing between the two. But they're mm -hmm. fifty fifty. Yeah. Even those states. So it's basically a fifty fifty, 50 split 50 right down yeah. for the for the whole country. Yeah. Uh, in this country, it's a lot. I think it's a lot more kind of fluid, but mm. it's. Of course, there is. There are still, you know, places like Yorkshire and stuff have always been very strong labour. That's because mm. they're working class and um, uh, and were smashed by the uh, the Tories back in the eighties. Yeah, the, and the, you know, but they're quite strong kind of unionists, and mm -hmm. they always had that labour slant. Yeah. But is is there a way of? Because I know we've. I watch a lot of debates nowadays online and um, in relations to like politics and. Um, various other things and one thing one thing which is a common theme is that you never seem to find anyone who changes their mind or their standpoint 
Like everyone just seems to just argue their point. So whether it's left versus right, whatever versus whatever, it, it, it's always a case of who screams the loudest, but no one's really hearing each other out yeah. and trying to find a common ground, which is better for us all. Because I, I know as, 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 a, as a human race at the moment, we're trying to, um, I think we've been, in, we've been in a good standpoint for many years. So we're trying to kind of level out loads of other things by setting rules and, and regulations and having conversations about how to solve certain human issues that have been going on. But when it comes to the debate in relations to politics, no one ever seems to shift. So is, is it, because going back to Jordan Peterson again, he did mention in um, his book that um, our, our political ideologies comes from our temperament as well. So it tends to be, I don't know how right or wrong that is, but that's just one of his ideas that it, it, it tends to be um, in relation to some of our temperaments, like agreeableness, like people on the left tend to be more agreeable, whilst people on the right tend to be um, less agreeable and so forth. And that has, that, has, um, that has like an impact as to how we, as to where we choose to stand politically. And that's one of the reasons why we tend to not so agree. So why is he attacking left-wingers left, left for being very disagreeable? Well, well we, we know how... We know how, well, you, you, can, you can answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, if you want to talk about that. Uh... It's not necessarily, I don't know. I don't, well, he, he does seem to attack them quite a lot, but um, I think it's quite interesting that he sees on the standpoint that political views comes from a person's temperament. And I'm just trying to figure out why it's hard for people to shift or to agree on political ideologies. Where does, you know? you, where does your temperament come from? I don't know. I wouldn't have the answer to that. Well, he's a psychologist. He should tell us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, generally, your temperament, I think, just comes from it's, it's a culmination of all your life experiences, your mm. relationship with your family, your mm. experiences at school. Yeah. Your, you know. Uh, yeah. But, but then that comes back to your upbringing and yeah. what, what, what's what I, I, I th Yeah. I th well, I mean, yeah. I mean, my, I, I don't think... I would like to say that people seem to be kind of more aligned with their parents politically than, yeah. and but then again, that th that would that would negate the fact that there's a generational mm. divide between voters. So like you would, you know, people in my parents' generation overwhelmingly voted for Brexit. Yeah, not my parents, but yeah. Um, whereas people in my generation, you protecting your parents. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, you know, they're, they're my, my, so my parents are very uh, left wing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so and I'm very left wing, mm. and I would say I, I, I'm very confused. Just to put that, I'm like banging in the middle. That's right okay. Now. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but mm. you know, I'm not like a a, a crazy leftist, mm. but I, I certainly have kind of socialist left wing mm. sympathies. And mm. uh, what complete socialism is that? What you would well, I mean, vote for? No, I mean, so it depends how you look at socialism. Like, because people say, well, you want to be like communist China yeah. or, you know, or Venezuela. Or Venezuela. But I would <laughs> yeah. say one and say that's that's not really a socialist mm. country. Mm. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think socialism for me is kind of like the, the Scandinavian model, right? Mm -hmm. So looking at places like Sweden and Norway where, um, and Finland where, where the government has quite a lot of control over that you have high taxation, mm. but then... High taxation of the rich though. Oh, well, yeah. you, you have a cumulative tax, right? Mm. So the wealthy get taxed more than which mm -hmm. we have here. But then at the same time, high taxation, but that money goes back into public services, yeah. right? So you say, well, why do you want to make money? Well, I want to make money because I want to be able to uh, have a good quality of life. Mm. And if I get sick, I want to be able to be mm. taken care of, right? That's why I want to make money. Mm. But what if you can't make money? Then should you not, 
should you have no healthcare? Should you yeah. uh, not be able to have a good quality of life yeah. because you know maybe you didn't have a good education or something? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you have a good education? Oh, I couldn't afford it. I had to go to a crappy state mm-hmm. school. I couldn't go to a good school because yeah. of where I lived. Is that fair? No. Mm-hmm. So and and in places like Scandinavia, they. They, they put a lot of money into public services. They have free education up to university level, right? Mm-hmm. So even regardless of your financial background, I mean, you grew up in Sweden. I grew up in Sweden. I know all of this. Yeah, that's what I'm For the viewers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, you have... Um, Blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. You, pe- people, have, uh, people have access to free education, free healthcare, mm-hmm. um, good, good quality of housing, mm. and as do the wealthy. Yeah. So, like, the point is, like, everybody wants to have a good quality of life. But the mm-hmm. thing is, if you if you make more money, mm-hmm. you if I even if I tax you, you will still have access to all of those things. Yeah, you will still be able to go to a good school, or your kids will. You yeah. still, if you get sick, you'll have a very good health service to be able to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just you've now everybody can have that. Mm. Uh, what's I don't understand what's wrong with that. Yeah, so long as the money is allocated properly yeah. you know? and, and the balance in Scandinavia is is, is 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 fairly decent because it is still quite capitalist in the sense that it's free market yeah of course yeah, it's yeah. heavily free market I mean so it, they do have a balance and they're doing something right to an extent yeah. regardless of what you think about the state or the current political situation but that's that's to do with something else so it, it does work but it's just how and why does that not get implemented? Is that just down to the the people? In well, there's lots of things. I mean, for example, they they I think they have quite relatively high corporate tax. Yeah. Right. So companies get taxed. Mm-hmm. Amazon doesn't get taxed. Yeah. I They're heard, the richest yeah. country in the no, yeah. richest country, richest company, richest company yeah. in the world, yeah. and it's because they don't pay any bloody tax, mm. right? And uh, we don't tax them. Uh, if even if you increase their tax to like by zero point five percent, you could probably yeah. fund the NHS. Yeah. Right, yeah. so the the oops, oops. it's chaos. Me. It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so the the question is, uh, you know, the the reason I think that we don't have high corporate tax here is just because, um, well, personally, I, I think it's to do with the interests of the the elite. Yeah. Is that they just just like just like American politics is, um, you you can't run for president unless you have corporate mm-hmm. sponsorship backing. Yeah, right. And uh, so these guys, like the Trump campaign, they're not funded by, well, maybe Trump could fund his own campaign, but mm-hmm. the, your general right-wing Republican camp, uh, and even Democrats, mm-hmm. they're, they're not funded by uh, like a GoFundMe page, yeah. right? They're, they're funded <laughs> yeah. by oil companies yeah. and who, who will s- sponsor them on the premise that they will get tax reductions mm-hmm. and... You know that that's the same thing in the UK. That yeah. you know, the the, the government, um, the current government is, is their interests are aligned with Rupert Murdoch's, with mm. with Amazon's, with you know, which is why they don't increase corporate tax. Yeah. Jeremy Corbyn says uh, I'll increase corporate tax by zero point five percent or something, mm. and now he's a he's a communist who you know <laughs> is, is driving out businesses, yeah. yeah, right. And then you've got Brexit, where most of the businesses are already gone. Mm. You know, so it, it's all it's all just uh, manipulation and nonsense. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky situation because, um, I mean, whenever I look at countries like 
the America and the UK, some of the things that bother me is like stuff like homelessness. What? Why is there still homelessness in countries like this? They invest so much money heavily on on um, aid uh, externally to other countries when we have certain issues going on currently in our own countries that we're struggling with heavily. But we we so, we're not struggling. We we mm. have well we we are, but mm. the, we have the money. Yeah. Yeah. How much money? How much money? Go, we gave. We gave a. The Tory gave a D, uh, the DUP a, a, a billion yeah. pounds yeah. if they would if they would uh, support the Tories in in Parliament, mm. right? If you have a if you can if you say that we we we're, we're cutting education funds mm. because we don't have money to support schools and we're cutting money from the NHS because we can't afford to support schools but you suddenly find a billion pounds to fund the the uh, the DU to give to the DUP for yeah. free if they back you politically yeah. don't tell me you can't yeah. you can't help the homeless yeah. because that's, that's the money. issue that I find it's with rubbish. the state that's the real big issue that I find with the state because sometimes there is all these complaints about not finding funds to but it's help bullshit. those in these but it's absolutely rubbish because the funds is there but it's used externally for other stuff which it's is used it's used for party uh, privileges like you yeah. know, will this help our government stay in control or yeah. you know no then we won't spend it yeah you know it's really as simple as that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, w w with that all said, like, do you do you think that as as a people we're happier now? Because I mean, I told you I was one of the questions I was going to ask you because um, at the moment with especially with social media and easy accessibility to news and people's opinions and so forth you tend to seem to get the idea that everyone is unhappy or confused about life in general mm -hmm. and and especially in relations to like politics their own identity and purpose in life and it, it begs the question that we're, we're supposed to currently be living in the best times ever like right now this minute this is probably the best time there's ever been in terms of like health and sure. and cleansiness and possibly opportunity and so forth but why is it that we feel like or why is it that when you go online or you go into various social platforms you feel like everyone is unhappy and constantly complaining like i have to have an idea so my my thought process was that maybe because the times have been so good in particular places because obviously in other places we're discussing on the route here that they're not that good like if you go to iraq or syria for instance it's not the best time they've ever had like they've completely been annihilated yeah. and, and, and destroyed for whatever reason maybe but um looking at some of the western countries right now it is the best times this ever been so why is it that people are still yet so unhappy well, i think there's 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 two things one one is um spot some allergies so well, apple juice yeah <laughs> it happens one is, <laughs> one is um uh as generally the the trend seems to suggest that uh, the higher the quality of life mm. socially you have um, the more anxiety and depression you have, and secondly, is a, a big problem now is is social media and yeah, about personal yeah. personal um, curating. Mm. So, the I mean, the issue of, um, for example, if you go to like Syria, how many of those guys kill themselves? Mm. Probably not many. Yeah, right. They're desperate to try and stay alive. Uh, you have the highest suicide rates in places like Japan mm. and in Norway, where you also have the highest quality of life in the world mm. um the reason for that is well i mean there, there, there are cultural issues mm. in terms of japan with kind of i think i mean i lived in japan so yeah. you know i'm aware of how society works somewhat mm -hmm. um social uh, kind of emotional repression mm -hmm. um 
and and in and in Norway, you know, you've got no sunlight. <laughs> for, like for like most of yeah. half the year, you're living in darkness, which can't help. Drives but, me to um, depression. Yeah. But, but generally, once your once your immediate needs are met, mm. it's the human condition to always want uh, more, to be unsatisfied. Mm. I think, um, which will lead us into the question of happiness in, in general. Yeah. But but you, if you have food and you have a house and mm. you have a home and a job well then it then it just comes down to well, what does this all mean mm. all my basic needs have been met mm. if you don't have a job you're frantically trying to get a job right yeah and then you get it and you're very happy because you've got a job and then you do your job mm. for a while maybe a year and then the routine kicks in yeah and you figure out your job and now you're like well is this it Mm, am I going to do this for the next 50 yeah. years and then die? Like, I don't want that, yeah. right? What about my other goals and aspirations, which you suddenly have because you have a job, yeah. which you weren't thinking about before you had a job, yeah. right? And so it's just the question of once you've got everything, your mm. brain will always think, what next? Mm. Because, you know, it's natural to want to push. Mm. Uh, so, to, 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 and of course, one of the reasons that you push is because you look around you and you see your neighbors, mm. right? Keeping up with the Joneses, mm. which is where social media comes into play because now um, it's not enough. Like if, if you didn't have social media, mm. like me, my, my point of reference for how well are people doing in life would be to look out my window. Yeah. And I go, yeah. Hmm. Now you're checking social media. What I, go, I, go, I go, I go Lewisham. Yeah. I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. um, but yeah, but then I go on, I log into Facebook, which is how I interact with the world. Mm. <laughs> I'm lonely, I'm very lonely. And <laughs> you need more friends, dog. <laughs> I do, I really do. Yeah. I, I, you log into Facebook and, I, yeah. and my friends are like, I just got back from skiing in Geneva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, having a great time hiking on this volcano in Hashtag Hawaii. Hashtag wish you were here. Hashtag, you know, dog is a loser. And you're, and you're like, oh man, like my, yeah. my life sucks. Yeah. And of course my life doesn't suck, but mm. it does compared to someone who's hiking in Hawaii. Yeah. And only showing you that moment, like momentary moment happiness. I don't know. Like maybe the, yeah. maybe the person who's hiking in Hawaii is going through a divorce mm. uh, or his family member just died yeah. or you, but you don't get that right. You're mm. because they choose not to show you all the crap that's going on. Yeah. hundred percent in their life. Yeah. They show you the best part. And I, I'm guilty of that. Like I mm. don't, I, I don't, bitch and moan on mm. Facebook about are you smug on Facebook though occasionally talking I'm about your fancy holidays like yeah. uh, well I'll upload a few pictures yeah yeah, um, yeah but I, I'm not gonna I'm not and it mainly because one you know I, th I think it's it's partly because you you don't want to burden people with your yeah. at least some some of us don't want to burden the world mm. with our crap you know, if I if I need to vent, I'll go out for a beer with a friend of mine, yeah. and I'll drink. I'll go, you know, I hate my life. Yeah. You know, I'll do it properly. I yeah. won't just sit there typing away. A whole bunch of strangers that don't really care about you. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting you said that because um, I, I remember I was, um, I was reading the, the stats on um, what were the biggest reasons for divorce in 2019, and it was down to dissatisfaction. So a lot. Well, of thanks for telling me that, like a month before I get oh, married. My bad. <laughs> You're gonna stay happy for long, forever and ever. Thank yeah. you. That's what I want to hear. This is not in relations to you, but obviously those people out there are just dissatisfied. Sure. But, but apparently the, the other fifty percent, fifty percent, which you're not involved in. <laughs> but it was it was quite astonishing to find out that the biggest reason for divorce in 2019 is going to be dissatisfaction, and a lot that? of the, dissatisfaction in what in, in their own lives in comparison to others. So it's relative. 
So a lot of that was um, some of what some of the solicitors were saying was a lot of their arguments was down to like some of their partners view, watching other people's relationships on social media and then comparing it to their own lives. Sure. But then they're only watching this momentary bit of happiness on social media where a couple are absolutely loved up and putting all these lovey-dovey and beautiful quotes about life. Then you're turning around and looking at your partner thinking what are we doing? Why are we not doing exactly what these two fake models are, yeah. are doing? And you're both sitting there in your pajamas with your repot belly, your be, greasy hair, eating noodles, just like... Uh, completely like dissatisfied with your life. And it's, sure. it's, it's quite atrocious and but, sad to find out that that's one of the major reasons. But that's, that's been going on since like, you know, film. Yeah. Well, but well, it wasn't we, at this scale though because I mean no, before but we, people, but we get these, up with the Joneses you're looking at your neighbour but now you grab your phone and right. it's like a million yeah, people right. living their best life right in front of your face so I, love, I a hate that living effect. my best life I'll, I'll never use it in a serious context ever that, <laughs> like, that expression yeah. makes me want to kill whoever <laughs> says that I'm living my best <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, th- I think well we've always had like because Hollywood and even Disney films give us unrealistic expectations of what mm. love is about mm. and we, we think that love is this kind of you know I, I don't look at my partner and I, I don't feel my heart pounding anymore yeah. because of course you don't mm. you know because you've been with them for five, six years. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, yeah. If your heart pounded, you should go to the hospital if, you, <laughs> if you're still pounding after five years. Yeah. But you have other things, right? Mm. You, have, you, have, uh, you have companionship. You have mm. goals. You have common purpose. You have common well, purpose. Yeah. You, have, you have partnership. You have, mm. um, I don't know, shared responsibility. You've got a kid. You're mm. bringing up a child together. Mm. There, there, are, there are things that are bigger than your heart pounding. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's normal that relationships change over time. Yeah. People change over time. Yeah. Uh, so you can't expect yeah. to feel the same way all the time, yeah. uh, that you felt in, in, in the the honeymoon, the initial stages of your relationship mm. after a few years. It's yeah. just I think that's the selfish nature of the human being, always wanting to like just be pleased, and it's all about us, and it's not about the common goal or others or the the purpose we have as a family to raise and uphold our children and so forth. So it's always yeah. about oh, I don't feel a certain type of way which I felt the first two months I met you. So that must mean that there's something wrong with the situation, not that no, we're developing and we're growing towards something else as a sure. couple. But like know? this is it's quite common. So this is why people have these midlife crises, mm. right? So a midlife crisis is basically. You, you, you wake up one day and you're 50, 60, whatever, mm. how old you are when you have a midlife crisis, 50. Mm. And, uh, and you suddenly think, you know, you turn to your wife and you, she's 50 as well. And you go, mm. what am I doing with this old bag? I, <laughs> yeah. should, you know, what, I, should, I should be driving a sports car and dating a 20-year-old. Yeah. And then they, uh, they have this kind of breakdown. Mm. And the thing is, it's because they don't accept that they're getting older. Mm. The time has moved on. And mm. they should appreciate other things in life. Yeah, most definitely. And relationships are like that, where you know you, you and your partner, when you're both fifty, you're not going to look your best anymore. Yeah. But so well, what? Some of us do have great genes. <laughs> the lucky few. Yeah. I'm not one of them. But, uh, you look twenty. <laughs> well, uh, maybe if I shaved, I'd look about fifteen. But uh, yeah. you know, it's it's. Uh, it's a question of appreciating mm. the the changes, and the thing mm. is that my you know Julie and I like my 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 fiance and I, uh, we are st- strong. I would say that we are we're stronger now as a couple mm. than we ever have been. Yeah, and we we've been through some very rough times. We broke up a few times mm. here and there. Um, 
I mean, obviously, the way I, we look at each other now is not the same as when we first started yeah. dating. Yeah. But I'm we're we're very. Uh, she's my best friend. We're mm-hmm. very comfortable with one another. We love each other very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we want what's best for for each other, and we we'll, we will sacrifice our own mm-hmm. um, desires, our own kind of maybe our, you know, I want. I want to do this now. Mm. Well, maybe you can't because it would upset me. Who her. does the most sacrificing though? Well, in different ways. <laughs> yeah. It's 50 50. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as, as, we, as we mature, as we, as we grow older, <laughs> not that old, 35, but as we, as we grow together, mm. we, we are, we're becoming stronger. And yeah. I think that, um, and, but it takes sacrifice and it takes talking. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out what it is you want. How are you going to get there together? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to sacrifice now and I'll sacrifice in a year's time? Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a partnership. It's like when you, when you're in a business, mm. you have to talk to your colleagues, you have to figure out the best plan to, move ahead yeah. get your next goal it's like that you know yeah. um, very much so so yeah no it's amazing because um, I mean the the, the the best example I've had of, of a relationship in terms of like me watching a relationship firsthand has been my, my parents so with them I think what keeps them together is having that common goal and purpose so they're both people of the colour priest as you say and um, they, they, their main focus is marriages so like marriage counselling like talking about marriages yeah. and, and officiating marriages and stuff and having that common purpose it, it, it keeps them it, it keeps them aligned in being best friends forever because they work together and they both enjoy what they do and they mm. both have this um, common idea of seeing people getting into relationships and then transitioning into marriage and, yeah. and then mentoring them and, and counselling them throughout the marriage when they're going through troubles and so forth and just keeping the marriage strong. So that common goal is what keeps them going. I don't know where they'll be if they didn't have that common goal because they, they can be quite different in terms of like their characteristics and their behaviours as well. But then having that thing that they always go back to is what's maintain the strength of their relationship for such a long period because mm-hmm. they both absolutely love what they do so yeah. that common purpose is like a major part of why their relationship is as strong as it is and 